Recorded live. September 19th, 2017, and welcome to episode 388, ladies and gentlemen, just 12 episodes away from the big 400 of the Mothership Broadcast of the WWS Radio Network, right here on TalkShoot.com. It is the one and the only WCWS Revolution. I'm, of course, once again, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you, as, of course, as we get set and prepared to talk about our favorite topic of all time, our one and only favorite topic of all time professional wrestling. Of course, here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be bringing you, of course, our wrestling news and views, brought to you tonight by our 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team King Ice, represented here this evening by the Iceman, J.D. Jared DiGirolamo. J.D. is a 2015 and 17 WWS Hall of Famer. He's also part of the broadcast scene that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoot.com. Also tonight, you're bringing us the wrestling history and birthdays here, of course, on our talk show chat box. It is the human suplex machine himself, John Gross, of course, uh, the first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer. He's also, of course, part of the Raw Radio broadcast team in the Monday afternoon as well. <coughs> Before we get into everything else, let's go ahead and bring J.D. and John in to what promises to be a very explosive and dynamic episode 388 of the one and the only mothership, WWS Revolution. Yes, it will, but it's also a bittersweet one. Yes, indeed, there, folks, and we'll talk more about it here in just a few in just a few moments. <clears throat> of course, uh, in addition to our wrestling news and views here tonight, and also our history and birthdays, we'll also be t- worth talking about our give our thoughts and opinions about last night's Monday Night Raw show. Of course, that was uh, six days out until WWE No Mercy. Of course, coming up here this Sunday. <clears throat> We'll also be throwing out a few little things about No Mercy. Also, of course, here we'll have a few little wrestling extras here coming your way this evening. We're not sure yet, but as we always do here, folks, we will definitely bring it here to you. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, tonight our live video feed is coming from, of course, our tribute group to the legendary tag team Matt and Jeff, the Hardy Boys, Hardy Boys fans. And if you want to join us uh, and watch this for watch episode uh, 388 of. <clears throat> 
Revolution here tonight and also listen to it at the same time, you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hardy Boys Forever. Of course, B-O-Y-Z, Hardy Boys Forever. And, of course, if you want to come in through the regular, to the, to the original method, of course, through talkshoe.com, phone number, as always, is 1-724-444-7444. Call ID 138055-POUND, the magic six numbers. <clears throat> and by all means, ladies and gentlemen, press that one if you want to chime in on anything that you want to, on anything that we talk about here this evening, as we will have a whole lot to say here, in the, um, and as JD says, in more ways than one. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead here. Uh, <clears throat> let's go ahead and bring uh, bring uh, bring JD in here right now as we go ahead and get set for the rest of the news and views. Of course, brought to us by one half of our news tag team, King Ice, the Ice Man, JD, Jared, Jerome. JD, what's going on in the rest of the news scene here this evening? E and WWE's Total Divas will be returning for its fiery and fierce seventh season beginning Wednesday, November 1st at 9 p.m. Bree, Nikki, Naomi, Bree Bella, Nikki Bella, Naomi, a.k.a. Trinity, Natalia, Natty, Lana Maurice will join newcomers Carmella, the Jersey Ho, Nia Jax, the Roxanne, and Little Miss Bliss Teller. These superstars will give an exclusive glimpse at the demands of their professional careers and challenges of their everyday lives. The season finale will air January 31st, 2018, and it will mark the show's 100th episode, believe it or not. Meanwhile, however, Shane McMahon was to return tonight, however, at Raw, believe it or not, however, at the Oracle Center after what had happened to his father, Vince McMahon, following last Tuesday night's show. The match, of course, between Shane and Kevin Owens, however, has now been confirmed and will be a go in a few weeks at Hell in a Cell, however, mind you, however, in Detroit. Also announced tonight, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, however, it was announced that the Usos will use their rematch clause and will fight the New Day at Hell in a Cell in a couple of weeks. Meanwhile, prior to Hell in a Cell, of course, this Sunday, of course, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, will be WWE's No Mercy, live from the Staples Center in the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California. Last night, after a brief five, six-week vacation, however, or recovering from her injury, Bailey returned, however, and discussed that her shoulder is better and that she's ready to go and will now participate in a fatal four-way and make it a fatal five-way this Sunday for the women's title on Raw. Meanwhile, Emma, however, who is one of the participants, however, was not very happy about Bailey returning and had a very angry statement to say about this matter. Saying, I started the hashtag women's revolution and earned myself a championship match. I deserve a week off. Not an extra opponent, so you can tell she was not very happy about that. Meanwhile, Paige, however, speaking of Divas, however, is continuing her training, however, down at the uh, WWE uh, uh, basic matter at hand. Um, what was it? Uh, the uh, the uh, performance center. Thank you. Yes, I couldn't say it right. Thank you, performance center, and was beginning day two. Meanwhile, however, some sad news to report, and we'll talk about it here just a little bit. However, according to his obituary in the Tampa Bay Times, Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away on Sunday due to organ failure caused by throat cancer. Heenan had dealt with health issues for many years, having been diagnosed with throat cancer in 2002 and having suffered broken hips during falls over the last few years. Our thoughts and prayers with the Heenan friends and family tonight. And finally, however... Mind you, also tragedy to report in Mexico City as another earthquake struck that region earlier today, measuring 7.1. Early reports are saying that over 100 to 120 people are have been killed, 
50 to 60 injured. And, of course, our prayers and thoughts are with the people in Mexico City as well. And also in the Caribbean, as Hurricane Jose and Maria continue to pack a powerful punch and could be hitting the Caribbean as far as Puerto Rico and Cuba, maybe in the coming days ahead. We will definitely be watching this very, very carefully. Thank you very much there, J.D. Of course, J.D. along with... King and Oh, one last bit of news. Sorry, one, one final news. I did not talk about this. Uh, Shayna Baszler, the girl uh, friend of uh, Ronda Rousey, has been signed by WWE as well. Oh, okay. So apparently two of the four horsewomen of MMA are going to be part of WWE now. Yes. Well, that's going to be interesting to see that indeed. But that just, and we'll talk more about that here in a minute. But I do have something I want to say about that, but we'll say it here a little bit later. But uh, thank you very much for J.D. And, of course, like I said, J.D., along with King and W.O.G.R.T. Smith, is King Ice, your 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team. They bring you all the news that's fit to print. And if it doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. And, of course, in GTS's case, super glue and duct tape, the best combination around. You cannot beat that old-fashioned combination. Let's see what we go, what we have from John here in terms of the wrestling history and birthdays here for today, September the 19th. And he has, a pretty good, he has some interesting stuff here, folks. Let's see what we have on tap. 24 years ago today, which would put it at 19, let's see, yes, 1993, WCW presented Fall Brawl War Games from the Astro Arena in Houston, Texas. 6,000 were in attendance with a total of 95,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. And here are some of the matches that took place at this event. Lord Steven Regal defeated Ricky Steamboat to win the WCW World TV title. The Nasty Boys defeated Arn Anderson and Paul Roma to win the WCW World Tag Team titles. Rick Rude defeated Ric Flair to win the WCW International World Heavyweight title. And the team of Sting, Davy Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster defeated Sid Vicious, Vader, and Harlem Heat in a War Games match. And John believes this was this was known as Shockmaster's first WCW match, his debut match, WCW. And also, it would be unfortunately be Shotmaster's first to last match as he made Cole s- submit to a bear hug. This was the last major appearance of the character. The Shotmaster's character, of course, his real name was Fred Ottman. He will leave WCW to return to, to WWF as his original wrestling character that he had in 1991. After, of course, he did the Tugboat character, he did Typhoon, of course, one half of the Natural Disasters in 1994. Eighteen years ago today, which would put it at 1999, ECW presented Anarchy Rules from the ODM Expo Center in Villa Park, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. Over 6,000 fans were in attendance for the large crowd for an original ECW show in its history, with only 92,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. The show was the final ECW pay-per-view of Taz as a full-time performer. Three days later, he signed on with the WWF. He appeared for the promotion sporadically until November to remember and until his WWF debut at the 2000 Royal Rumble in New York City at Madison Square Garden. His last match was when he took on Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka in the triple threat match for the ECW World Heavyweight title in where Awesome won the match. And speaking, of course, of ECW, 13 years ago today, we put it at 2004, The trailer for The Rise and Fall of ECW was released. It was released on DVD on November 16, 2004. 
that would eventually, and this might be interesting here to listen to, J.D., that would eventually surpass WrestleMania 20 as the most bought home video in WWE history and wouldn't only provide the inspiration for a one-time reunion in 2005, but a full-on revival in 2006 until its second demise in February of 2010 after ECW became NXT. That same day, New Jack missed his own retirement show as he was advised not to attend an event for USA Pro Wrestling in Jamaica, New York. As the, at the second he arrived, he was arrested on an outstanding warrant and got himself in serious hot water a month later by being arrested in Florida on aggravated assault charges after he stabbed his opponent a few times in a match. Though New Jack retired following the bout in April of 2013, he is still wrestling. In June 2016, he took on former UFC fighter Phil Baroni. In 2000, on this day, 2005, on Monday Night Raw, Vince McMahon announced that October 3rd, 2005, would be the biggest night in Raw history presenting WWE Homecoming. He announced that Mick Foley, Triple H, Hulk Hogan, and Stone Cold Steve Austin will all be appearing on, on that night, also announcing that Eric Bischoff would face John Cena for the WWE title. Bischoff also announced that Edge versus Matt Hardy would face off in a loser leaves Raw ladder match with the money in the bank contract at stake. Seven years ago, they put it at 2010, WWE presented Night of Champions from the Allstate Arena in Chicago. 13,851 were in attendance, with 165,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Now 100,000 from the 2009 edition. There were four title changes. And of course, course John Johnson, we'll get to him here right now. Daniel Bryan won his first WWE singles title, as it was, of course, a U.S. title by defeating the U.S. championship by defeating The Miz at Night of Champions. Michelle McCool defeated Melina to unify the WWE Divas and Women's Championships. The Women's Championship was retired following the event. It was, <coughs> excuse me. Of course, was brought back at WrestleMania 32 in April 2016 when Charlotte was crowned the new Women's Champion. The Women's Championship is held on Raw, while SmackDown has their own Women's title. Also, at that Night of Champions, the team of Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre defeated the Hart Dynasty, the Usos, Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov, Evan Bourne and Mark Henry in a tag team turmoil match to win the WWE Tag Team Titles. Also, this was the first pay-per-view encounter between Kane and The Undertaker since WrestleMania 20 at Madison Square Garden. This match was for the World Heavyweight title. Since the 13 years both both Kane and The Undertaker fought, Kane has never scored a pay-per-view win over The Phenom. But on this night, Kane finally beat The Undertaker and retained the World Heavyweight title in a no-holds-barred singles match. Randy Orton defeated Sheamus, John Cena, Wade Barrett, Edge, and Chris Jericho and a six-pack elimination challenge match for the WWE title. Six years ago today, we put it at 2011, on Raw, WWE COO Triple H fired The Miz and R-Truth after their match against CM, after their match against CM Punk and WWE champion John Cena. But, but Miz and Truth would be brought back three weeks later after Triple H was relieved of his duties on Monday Night Raw. And we have a 
Let's see here. Oh, we have some birthdays here, guys. Uh, let's go ahead and run them down. First off, it's a happy 32nd birthday to WWE play-by-play announcer, color commentator, Renee Young. How old? 32. And this girl's not here anymore, but we do also want to wish happy 33rd birthday to Eva Marie. And we also have a very, of course, we have a Hall of Famer whose birthday is today. A happy 71st birthday to Gerald Briscoe. And John will now have his, has his history up. We'll go ahead and talk about it. Gerald Briscoe grew up with five siblings and an absent father in Oklahoma. He followed his brother, Jack Briscoe, into amateur wrestling and was eventually awarded an athletic scholarship to Oklahoma State after winning two AAU tournaments and only losing two high school matches, placing second in Oklahoma, State's, in Oklahoma State in his only two years of high school wrestling due to a broken leg in football. He was a starter on the OSU freshman team, winning several matches and tournaments. In the spring break of 1968, he was in Missouri with Jack and was asked to substitute for his brother's injured tag team partner despite his lack of professional training. After Briscoe contracted hepatitis and injured his knee, he dropped out of college and became a full-time professional wrestler. He was trained by his brother and debuted in 1969 as his tag team partner using the name Gerald Briscoe. They were a, they were a, they were a successful team. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> let's see. Amassing over 20 tag team championships over the course of 13 years in 1970. They arrived in Florida and dominated the singles and tag divisions for several years thereafter. It was in the late 70s that the Briscoes discovered Terry Bollea, the future legend, of course, we now know as Hulk Hogan, where they, who they introduced to Hiro Matsuda for training. Jerry Briscoe would amass a number of singles championships throughout the 70s, including becoming the first man of holding the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship in June of 1981. He won the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title. <laughs> in 1983, the brothers made a heel turn against the team of Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood, the NWA World Tag Team Champions. They traded the belts back and forth until the feud culminated at the first ever Starcade, with Steamboat and Youngblood regaining the titles. The brothers held the title one last time in 1984, ultimately, ultimately losing to the team of Wahoo McDaniel and Mark Youngblood. They would leave the Mid-Atlantic area shortly after. They held minority interest in GCW, of course, Georgia Championship Wrestling. That same year, they were dissatisfied with the direction of the company and smaller than expected dividends. <clears throat> they convinced majority shareholder Paul Jones to give them proxy voting of his shares the three men and Jim Barnett sold their shares to Vincent Mann, enabling them to increase the dominance of the professional world. That same year, they entered the WWF in the fall of 1984, once again assuming their familiar role as fan favorites. They unsuccessfully challenged for the WWF tag team titles, and both men retired from the ring in early 1985. After his, after his retirement, Briscoe worked as a road agent and booker, of course, for McMahon. Excuse me there, let me... Uh, as a road agent and a booker for McMahon. Uh, after the 1997 Montreal Screwjob Survivor Series between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart for the WWE title, Briscoe capitalized on his notoriety by becoming an on-screen stooge 
of Vince McMahon alongside with Pat Patterson as they feuded with Stone Cold Steve Austin. On May 18, 1998, they made their Raw in-ring debut, taking on the WWF champion Stone Cold Steve Austin, a no-holds-barred handicap match. Briscoe was also the timekeeper of the match at Over the Edge between Stone Cold and Dude Love, but he was taken out by The Undertaker. In November, Briscoe and Patterson were part of a beatdown by the Big Boss Man after Vince McMahon taught them a lesson. In December, McMahon also led Kane to beat Briscoe and Patterson down as well. In the spring of 1999, the corporation began to dwindle because of the Undertaker's demands. Vince was thrown out of the corporation by Shane, causing an imminent face turn by Vince, Gerald Briscoe, and Pat Patterson. Briscoe and Patterson feuded with the Mean Street Posse. With Briscoe and Patterson getting the win over them on May 10, 1999, against the Mean Street Posse. Two weeks later, Briscoe talked about Owen Hart as well. Briscoe and Patterson continued their feud with the Mean Street Posse. The Vince returned as a heel when he was revealed as the higher power for the corporate ministry to try to screw Stone Cold Steve Austin again, and where the Undertaker abducted Stephanie and conspired to take the WWF title from Stone Cold. Briscoe and Patterson still remained faces throughout 1999. It was also feuding with the Triple H Stephanie faction as they took on the New Age Outlaws for the tag team titles on SmackDown. <clears throat> Briscoe and Patterson turned heel again in 2000 when Vince and Shane all turned heel and joined forces with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon at Backlash. They tried to help Triple H retain the WWF title over The Rock, but Steve Austin would make the save and aid The Rock to win the WWF title. Briscoe would win the hardcore title over Crash Holly and also score a handicapped tables match win with TNA to defeat the Dudley Boys. He also took a picture of, of assumingly Kane's face, but the picture was not shown. Briscoe lost and won the hardcore title to Crash Holly. On June 19th, Patterson won the hardcore title from Briscoe, turning his back on Briscoe. And it led, that led to a first-ever hardcore evening gown match for the hardcore title of the 2000 King of the Ring when Patterson hit for Briscoe in drag in the women's locker room. In the course of the match, Crash Holly interfered, pinning Patterson to win the hardcore title. As, of course, the 24-7 rules still stood, Patterson and Briscoe stayed with McMahon throughout the remainder of 2000 but weren't shown in the in the WWF in 2001. 2002, he saved his buddy Pat Patterson from an attack by Jamal and Rosie, but was taken out into a big show. Jeff R. and D. Brown made the save for them. On July 15, 2005, he was inducted into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. He appeared at a WrestleMania 23 party scene, and also on the July 23rd, 2007 edition of Raw, on also on March 29, 2008, him and his brother were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame the night before WrestleMania 24 in Orlando. In June 2009, he suffered three strokes. Four months later, Briscoe would not be returning to his position as a road agent for WWE, but he did return in March of 2010 as a talent scout and recruiter for NXT. According to Jim Ross, on October 19, 2011, Briscoe suffered another stroke, but it was minor, as JR said, and John's. And John said that is all for the history and birthdays, but he did add one more thing here. Uh, he thought they were not shown at all in 2001, but they were. In December 2001, McMahon held a Christmas party, and Patterson and Briscoe were there until, of course, they were attacked by Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Mae Young sat on Patterson's face. <laughs> Funny stuff right there. And that's John, that's all he's got for the history. That's definitely for the history and birthdays here for today. 
Uh, John, thank you very much. And then, of course, J.D., thank you very much for the history and birthdays there as well. <coughs> also, I want to go and mention, folks, that we do have, I do, do believe, if I'm not mistaken, on the, uh, also on the chat box, is one of our other, of course, good friends here, Anil Patel, has also joined us on the chat box as well. So, Anil, thank you very much. And also, oh, okay, uh, on the live video feed from Hardy Boys fans, I do also see that uh, 2016 Hall of Famer and, of course, a holder of multiple titles from Revolution Reborn is here. She is, of course, the last kicker, and Marie Rickenbach has also popped on here as well. <clears throat> so we welcome both Neil and Ann also as well to episode 388 of Revolution. 1724-444-7444, call ID 138055-POUND. <clears throat> this is, of course, episode 388 of WWS Revolution. Of course, this is Tuesday. September 19th, 2017. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. Of course, I have alongside me the Iceman, J.D. Jared Geronimo, of course, uh, from the, uh, and also the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross. Both gentlemen, of course, part of the Raw Radio broadcast team every Monday afternoon. J.D. is a 2015 and 17 uh, <clears throat> uh, Hall of Famer, as well as John is the first 2016 Hall of Famer and also, of course, as I just mentioned, Anil Patel has also joined us on the chat, on the TalkShoot chat box and on the live video feed, uh, two, another 2016 Hall of Famer, the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, has also joined us as well. Okay. Now, I think, uh, of course, our next next big-time topic of discussion here, folks, is, of course, as we do every single Tuesday night, we'll, of course, be talking about uh, what took place on Monday Night Raw here last night. And yes, I will admit there was quite a few there was quite a few little uh, interesting things that took place. Uh, uh, let's see here. Okay, JD, John, which one of you two would, would like to go first? <laughs> I want to say it, John. You're up first, my man. <laughs> okay, he's already getting started, so I'll go ahead and read what he's got up here so far. All right, that's what we have right up here. Uh, John says, all right, it's definitely time for his raw review. Angle and Miz get into a tip to start a show. Miz talks about Angle's father <clears throat> and leads to a six-pack six pack challenge between Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, Elias Sampson, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, and Angle's son, Jason Jordan. <clears throat> and that matches the main event. John says, yay, I'm excited. Angle says, not. But the match that should have been the main event kicked off first, which was Alexa Bliss. Take it on Nia Jackson, a non-title match. And it figures knowing that John says he likes Alexa, Nia just threw her for a loop. Then Sasha Banks and Bailey all came out to attack Nia. And then Bailey and Sasha then attacked Bliss. And Bailey is now added for the fatal five-way match at No Mercy. That causes more problems for Alexa, because Alexa has a 10% chance of winning the match. But John's hoping that her that his girl wins. Not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and and John still has some more, so hold on for just a minute there. Uh, I know, and like I said, we'll 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 get to hear y'all's predictions here on Thursday, so don't worry about it. So, uh,
And while we're waiting on John and we go ahead and remind everyone, of course, tomorrow night will be, of course, our Triple Threat Wednesday. As, of course, we will start off, of course, J.D. and I will start off with WWS Outside the Ropes uh, from 6.30 until 7.30. Of course, we'll bring you, bring you the latest pop culture news, of course, all around the pop culture scene, movies, music, sports, politics, you name it, we'll talk about it. J.D., myself, myself and J.D. will have to suffer from Four Leather Mania on through other sources as well. And then, of course, we'll get J.D. in that fireproof suit again for the Hot Seat Movie, movie Trivia Challenge. So join us for tomorrow's episode of <clears throat> Outside the Ropes. This, of course, tomorrow night from 6.30 until 7.30. Call ID 141-387-POUND. Of course, also from 8 to 9, be sure not to forget WWS Wrestling Debate. As the NWO Madness Kingdom, which, of course, is King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, the Iceman right here, J.D. here, D. Geralmo, and the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. As they, of course, bring, of course, uh, throw out some uh, big-time discussion Debates and discussions, of course, from everything from Raw to what happened on SmackDown last night to, of course, No Mercy coming up, and a few other stories, including, of course, I'm sure the passing of legendary Hall of Famer Bobby the Brain Heenan. So there'll be other points of topic, points of discussion they'll be uh, talking about here tomorrow night from 8 to 9. Of course, that's 139925 pounds for wrestling debate. And then, of course, from 9 to 11, I'll be back on for tomorrow night's edition of Revolution, of course, number 389. That's what we doing, once again, our latest news of wrestling news and views. Also, um, history and birthdays. Also, of course, talking about what happened with SmackDown Live last night, I mean, tonight. And also, <clears throat> also of course, a few little wrestling extras coming your way with, uh, of course, our um, live video coming from our group dedicated to Lucha Underground, Lucha US Ultimate Underground. So be sure to join us uh, tomorrow night, like I said, uh, <clears throat> For of course, outside the ropes, wrestling debate and revolution. Of course, our triple threat Wednesday in the WWS Radio Network tomorrow night, <clears throat> starting at 6:30 right here on TalkShoe.com. Ooh, that sounded good. Okay, let's go ahead and see. John's got a few more things up. Things up. Let's see what he has to say right here. He says, "Okay, well, originally Sheamus and Cesaro were set to take on the Club, and they decided, well, let's bash Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose's friendship, and then leads to them showing up." Rollins and Ambrose said that they were brothers no matter what. Then the club show up and then <clears throat> said that Cesaro and Sheamus walked out on, on them last week. So what, what do we have for a new match? A three-team triple threat non-title match. Playa. He's doing the Teddy Long thing. Playa. <clears throat> With Sheamus and Cesaro getting the win. They adds fuel to the momentum that they will have a no mercy against Ambrose and Rollins. Johnson, but was anyone, was anyone shocked to see Sheamus and Cesaro use the Dudley Boys move to 3D? Hmm. I didn't. I did not hear about that. Uh, now I'll pose this to JD here in just a moment before he gets his uh, uh, his his discussion in. Johnson, said nothing he likes the most is, of course, about that Asuka is coming to Raw. The Raw Women's Division is getting better. And John said he's not trying to bash the SmackDown women's division. It's still good. Don't get me wrong. But the Raw women's division is skyrocketing up. And with Asuka as their new superstar, she's going to be bringing a lot of people down. And while I'm doing that, Anil actually did ask this. He said he was still confused as to how Bailey made it into the Fatal Five-Way match for the Raw women's title. Well, Anil, remember, keep in mind, Bailey came out last night 
came out and uh, and uh, and uh, came out and well, and JD, I'm sure you probably helped me out here. Yeah. Um, he John, I mean Neil says he's confused as to how Bailey's in the Fatal Five Way match for the she Raw Women's Belt at No Mercy. She just entered it. Well, ex- well, I'll let you. I'll let you tell Neil that here whenever you get a chance. And then we go and finish what John has to say. Then Goldust talks about another match with Bray Wyatt. Angle accepts it, but this time Bray Wyatt takes on Dustin Rhodes. Kurt Hawkins then talks about how he's been, he's been losing 114 matches. Well, it's more like 114 since you've been back on TV. You probably lost 200 matches. His streak goes now goes to 115. That of course now that Apollo Cruz has defeated Kurt Hawkins. Yes, Neil, yes, I, I do realize it was supposed to originally be Alexa versus Sasha for the women's title. But you know how WWE is. They'll change anything at the last moment. And J.D., is that a good assessment? That is a good assessment. Okay. All right, so, so that's how that happened, Neil. Anyway, John says right here, Braun and Brock, decent interview segment. Brock then says he was going to take Braun to Suplex City. <clears throat> Last week, Braun no-sold the the freaking German suplex, but unfortunately for Braun, he might might not have a chance to no-sell it, but John says he might be wrong. Yes, Neil is still asking questions here. Okay, Neil, I know it became a fatal four-way when Emma and Nia defeated Alexa Bliss and Sasha. Yes, I realize that, too. But the reason why Bailey got into it is because, like I said, Bailey, because keep in mind, Raw was in Bailey's hometown last night of San Jose. She came back She came back out, like I said, because this, uh, <clears throat> to, and uh, Kurt Angle noticed that she was, <clears throat> 100, she was, Healthy again, the shoulder was better and everything, and that, that that's how she got added on to the match. Since <clears throat> so, it seemed only fair to do that, you know, So that's it. Well, you're right about that, Neil. Listen, Bliss will have a slim chance of retaining. Yes, I know. John says then Roman Reigns comes out and talks more on John Cena and said that sometimes he says stupid crap. <laughs> Rain said he didn't look didn't look like a jacked up white guy with a buzz cut. And he goes on to mention Alex Riley, and he shows us footage of February of 2012 where Cena ranted on the Rock. Rain says that said then said that No Mercy will be just like WrestleMania because we all know what happened at WrestleMania was uh, Reigns defeating. I think he's talking about the match with the, defeating the Undertaker. John says he hates to admit it. Reigns has had a strong 2017. He did beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, but can he beat another top dog in John Cena at No Mercy? John says it's possible, but John says he does see Undertaker interfering in the match. Bray defeats Dustin Rhodes. 
John says, I think it's the first time that we've seen Dustin Russell without face paint since 1998. John remembers Dustin not being gold dust anymore, and he had Luna, and so had some face paint, but he never wore it. It was like between 97 and 98 that he didn't wear any face paint. Yes, John, um, we do we do remember that. He was calling himself the artist formerly known as Goldust. Yeah. Boy, do we know that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Enzo comes out and is about to have a match, but unfortunately what Enzo didn't expect is a monstrous beatdown by Braun Strowman. Oh, okay. John said he was glad that Braun chopped Enzo up, and Braun, to me, he could have just grabbed Enzo and ate him alive. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. God says he knows that Bobby Heenan was alive. He remember WrestleMania 7 when he said services for Mr. Snuka after the Undertaker beat him. Yeah, I remember, I remember him saying that. But John says, well, you know what? I, he, say, he says services for Mr. Amore because he just got whooped by Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah. Neville picks the bones and nails Enzo with the red arrow. Truman might just have taken Neville down, too. Neville didn't have a good match. I think this was Grand Mantelik, and he wins the contest. And John says, "We're speaking of Bobby Heenan. He was glad that they did tributes for him last night. Uh, I, I did actually see the see what they did there. Well, I thought that was great." And even the video, it made made it John it made John laugh a bit that Heenan did some crazy things, including when they were on the boat with the wind blowing and Heenan and Monsoon's faces. Oh yeah, I remember that. Also, if you get a chance to post on the WWS Entertainment Cavalcade, someone has posted a video that came off of the DVD called The Greatest Wrestling Stars of the 80s when they did that profile on Bobby Heenan for that DVD. Not bad. I remember that was, that was a great video. That was a great spot on that DVD they did for him. I think they have the match with him and the Warrior in the Weasel Suit match. It was. It's one of the extras on the disc where they talk about Bobby Heenan, yes. I didn't know. I have that DVD. I didn't know that for a fact. That was actually one of the first books and DVDs I ever bought was that one. Uh, and 
and and thought they were also going to drown as well. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. John says you have to remember Bobby Heenan. He was one of the best managers and commentators throughout the eighties and nineties. I, I can't, I'm not going to argue that point because that's that that's a very true thing. Yes. John says the weasel suit match between Warrior and Heenan was, of course, in June of 1988. Yes, that's that's right. <clears throat> but John said his point is if it wasn't for Bobby Heenan, there would be no Paul Heyman, no Paul Bearer, Mr. Fuji, and all the managers you see on TV today. But I think the only one you primarily see today is Heyman. You don't see really anybody else. Now, that's, of course, in GFW, maybe. But, I mean, WWE doesn't probably have any. Also, if he didn't commentate, there would be no Jerry Lawler, Corey Graves, JBL, Booker T, Taz, and all the other uh, commentators as well. That that I definitely would agree as well. He and Monsoon were, were are both together in the great ring of the, in the great ring of the sky, commentator commentating together alongside Gordon Solis. Now, that's a great trio. Yep. That's not a bad trio at all. No, I like that. Also, you got to check out Heaven Wrestling Federation, too. I'm sorry, J.D. Uh, our friend Captain Dave Spieler, uh, you've, got, you've, got, you've got to see some of the stuff he's posted on there since we heard about the death of Bobby Heenan. He's posted about two or three things on there. It's awesome. you got to check that out. Whereas John getting back in, in the main event, the six-pack challenge. It was a great contest, but didn't think this would be the main event. <clears throat> they may have that may have been the second hour. That's what John is saying here. Yeah, Neil, I know it's you. I know that's you. Uh, Jason Jordan wins the match, and it's no surprise that he will face the Miz for the IC title at No Mercy. I'm sure Michelle, if she was here, she'd probably have something to say about that one. And the Miserage laid Jordan out, but John, but John believes Jordan has a 35% chance to win the IC title. Although John wants him to win, I think John believes it's too early for him to have the Intercontinental title, and John says that's all he's got for his review of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Y'all know what that means. <laughs> dun dun dun. <clears throat> it is time for the Iceman to lay a coat of ice down and make sure you don't slip there, folks, when you hear all this. <laughs> it is time it is time of course for, for the review from the Iceman, uh Jared D. Geronimo, of course J D. Uh on his take on what happened on Monday Night Raw last night. And uh and uh first off I will uh put out a uh as you know how they used to do with cigarettes, of course they still do that today with the Surgeon General's warning. Well, the WWS founder's warning is when listening, JD rant about the uh, Raw and SmackDown, make sure your children are in bed tucked in tight and uh, make sure you have, you have buckled your seatbelts in in your chairs at home because he will be blowing everybody away. There you go. So, JD, uh, if you're ready to, uh, if you're primed and ready to go, I say go on ahead and Lay the hammer down. Please proceed. 
Alright, before we get to that, however, we can report, however, and, and Nail told me this, that tonight, however, we had a fatal four-way match on SmackDown Live to decide who will face Natty at Hell in a Cell. It was between Becky Lynch, Naomi, Tamina, and Charlotte. Charlotte now will face Natty at Hell in a Cell in Detroit in a couple weeks. So that match has been signed now. Also signed has been the Usos' New Day, as I said earlier, for the rematch, as apparently the Usos now have used their rematch clause for Hell in a Cell. So we got two more matches listed. Okay. Now, last night, however, we had Raw in San Jose in Silicon Valley at the SAP Center, SAP. Uh, first off, however, I have got to say I was a little miffed that they did not do a 10-bell salute to Bobby the Brain Heen. I think they should have done it. It would have been classy to do it. They didn't do it. And I think that was absolutely ridiculous that they did not do it. Because if you pay people tribute to guys like Dusty and Piper, where was the tribute to Bobby? I mean, where was the 10-bell salute for Bobby? It would have been classy to do that. But no, they pissed all over that. Speaking of pissed, however, that leads me to my opening rant, if you will. Of course, we had the beginning of the show start off with everyone's favorite, Michelle's favorite, Gerard's favorite, not my favorite, everyone's least favorite person, the Wiz, with his little bitch boys, the hippie Bo Dallas, however, Mr. Dennis Hopper of the WWE with his stupid outfits every week, and greasy, oily, slick man himself, the Axe Man, Curtis Axel. Of course, Angle announced, however, that Matt versus Jeff Hardy versus Elias versus Jason Jordan would take place in a fatal four-way. Of course, we did not see Maurice because Maurice was at home taking it easy. And of course, who should whine and bitch and piss and moan again about being snubbed but everyone's fair little bitch, the Wiz, however, saying, however, that Angle's son should get an opportunity while Axel and Dallas are excluded. As I've said before, and I'll keep on saying it till I'm blue in the face, Miz, shut the hell up, okay? You have done nothing, nothing with that IC title since you won it against Dean Ambrose. But now you'll be forced to defend it with, coming up this Sunday, No Mercy, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Anyway, that leads us to our opening bit, however. Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss, which should have been the main event. But no, because idiotic moron Kevin Dunn decided to push it in the first hour. However, he decided to go that way with the whole thing, however, which I just don't get for the life of me. Of course, we saw Bailey make her return, which was all right. But then, of course, however, it looked like however, they were all on the same page, Alexa, Sasha, and Bailey. But, of course, after taking Nye out, however, Sasha and Alexa decided, however, or Sasha and Bailey, excuse me, decided, however, to double-team, however, mind you, however, Little Miss Bitch Bliss, however, and take her out, which was a good thing, because that ought to teach the champ to keep her mouth shut, instead of being this uh, little perky diva that she is hunting, and she's so good against everybody and anybody, which she's not. And she's going to find out the hard way come Sunday, however, no mercy, there will be no mercy when Nia basically wins that title, because she will leave Los Angeles, I feel, with that goal. Now, the second match of the night was a good match, and one of the better matches of the evening, the triple threat. However, once again, they piss all over Gallows and Anderson, literally, which is crap, but at least Sheamus and Cesaro won, however, and I think you're going to see them win come Sunday. 
I think that's the plan. Unless they're going to keep the belt a little longer with Dean and Seth, but I don't see that happening. However, you never know. Then we have a little thing with Gold Dust, however, and Kurt Angle, which was pretty interesting, however. I thought that was a pretty good segment. Uh, Dustin without the makeup was very interesting to see, I gotta say, however, but I was really surprised to see that he, Kurt would agree to his demands, however, mind you, however, that he would put him in a matchup against Bray Wyatt. Uh, Apollo Crews with Titus O'Neil versus Kurt Hawkins. Hmm, what can I say about this? Well, first off, Apollo Crews back on Raw for the first time in a long time with the Titus brand was a little surprising to see. Uh, Kurt Hawkins, I don't know why they're still holding on to this total limp, uh, jobber jabroni. I mean, he continues to be a waste of space in every sense of the word. And now they're talking about him losing 100-plus matches, however, in his career, and he hasn't got a big win yet. I don't know why WWE even brought him back in the first place. Unless they have plans for him down the road to maybe reteam him with Zack Ryder and form Hawkins and Ryder again down the road. Why are they holding on to this guy? It is beyond me. Then we go to the Colt interview with Strowman, Lesnar, and Heyman. This was okay, but this should have happened in the ring rather than split screen. Because I imagine Braun was in the locker room somewhere in the arena, maybe doing this whole thing, honestly, somewhere else are, and then you have Lesnar and Heyman show up. Again, I do like the last line when Lesnar said to him, suplex city bitch, to Mr. Strowman. But, I will say this, however, and I don't mean to ruffle feathers with people in saying this, but I think Brock is going to be at a little bit over his head unless he has a good game plan Sunday. Because I'll tell you right now, I think Strowman is going to leave L.A. with that goal. I just have that feeling telling me he's going to leave it. Then, of course, speaking of bitches, that leads us to the Roman Cena banter. This was absolutely clunky in every sense of the word. I don't know if Roman watched his uh, one nephew, The Rock, and saying Cena's promo from 2002, but 2002 called and they want their promo back. This was absolutely horrible. Horrible. I mean, this wasn't entertaining, this wasn't fun, this was absolutely the worst segment of the night, by far, in my opinion. They could have done so much more of this. But because Cena was in China, apparently, he didn't get back in time. They couldn't sell us one last time on uh, No Mercy with these two. Typical. Anyway, Bray Wyatt and Dustin Rose, however, this was short and sweet, however, Bray beating Dustin did surprise me because Dustin should have won this match, but of course they made Dustin look like a jobber in this, which was ridiculous. Then Finn Balor comes out and says, I want to ask you a very important question, Bray. If the demon is the creation of the man, which one is more dangerous? Well, we're going to see on Sunday what will happen without the uh, demon gimmick and the makeup. Because Finn's going to have to do it all by himself, and hopefully this will be a good match. The build-up for this has been all right, but it hasn't been great. Uh, next, of course, we go to the uh, Bobby Heenan tribute, which I thought was great. I thought that was good. They showed a lot of his great moments and everything like that, however. But again, I still think the 10-bell salute would have been more appropriate. Then we go to another shit show. Enzo, Neville, Metalik, and Strowman. Enzo just continues to be running his mouth, however, in more ways than one. And look where it got him. 
it got him squashed by the big bad bully Braun Strowman. And then afterward, however, what happened, however, he tossed Enzo around like a rag doll before Neville came in the ring, however, and making fun of Enzo, which was good. I did like Neville when he got up in his face and said, while Enzo was down, how you doing? But speaking of Neville, however, him taking on Greta Medley, this was short and sweet, but again, for the second week in a row, however, it seemed like they totally pissed all over the cruiserweight. And ever since this was a very short and sweet match, however, which went under five minutes, which I was a little surprised at. But uh, that being said, however, it is what it is. Then we go to the main event, however, and this is where I'm going to have my big meltdown moment here. One of my big meltdown moments here, I should say. We have the Hardy Boys taking on the so-called illegitimate son of Kurt Angle, taking on Mr. Greasy, Oily, Slick Hair Man himself with Mr. Hippie and probably the biggest douche of them all next to the Wiz, Mr. Elias and his damn guitar, who should shut the hell up once in a while. As a result, we see Jason Jordan win this matchup, however, which was a little surprising to me because I thought we would have seen Jeff Hardy get another chance. Unfortunately, however, it just shows to show you, even though it was no DQ, however, that even though Axel and Dallas were in the matchup, you had to have the little leader of leaders, if you will, the Wiz, come down like a little bitch, basically, and try to stick his nose where it doesn't belong. And once again, however, he had to get his nose involved into it because he's an arrogant little toad, if you will. Now, the thing I laugh at and I thought was pretty ridiculous, however, obviously, is what he said afterwards when he took the mic and said, he'll still be the champion after no mercy, Angle will be a terrible father, and Jordan will still be a bastard. Okay, we get that, Miz. We know you're a heel and you do heelish things, however, because you think you're so great. But once again... It just goes to show you, as I've said many times over, you're nothing more than an arrogant prick. You're an arrogant wannabe reality show or show little bastard prick. That's what you are. What have you done to prove yourself in the last six months of the WWE that you're the greatest thing on the Raw roster and that it should all be about you? Oh, let me think. Oh, that's right. You probably have your head so far up Stephanie and Triple H's backside along with the office because you think... You deserve everything handed to you on a silver platter. Last I saw, Miz, I've said so many times before, you haven't done anything. You're a video store, rentable, wannabe, action-adventure, reality show, little fruitcake is what you are. I'm saying it nicely. But like I said, you haven't done anything since you won that icy title back, however, and now you're going to be defending it this Sunday against Mr. Jordan. Because apparently at SummerSlam, however, you were put in the pre-show match and you said that you should have been featured at SummerSlam. You said you were put in a six-person tag and you whined and bitched and pissed and moaned about that. Boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Well, guess what, Miz? Come Sunday, however, hopefully, Mr. Jordan will teach you a lesson. And then you'll go cry again, probably to Kurt Angle, and say, however, that I didn't lose, however, and I got cheated. You'll cry like the little coward because, obviously, you won't have your boyfriend save you, Axel and Dallas, because you still won't be the IC champion. I wish they would end this whole story once and for all with all the parties involved, and I wish Miz would get the hell out of WWE altogether. The guy should just be, right now, spending time more with his 
spouse, if you will, rather than continue to be the arrogant prick that he is. I think family is more important, however, than being in the ring right now. And if Miz had any balls whatsoever that weren't in his wife's purse, how he would spend time with her. But no, he has to make a living. That's understandable. But like I said, Miz, one of these times, however, karma's going to catch you but it hurts you the most. And like I said, however, it happened to you once before, however, obviously earlier this year, when you ripped apart John Cena and then at that time his, fian- his now fiancée Nikki Bella saying they were nothing more than glamour people. Well, guess what, Miz? It's the same way with you and your little French poodle dog wife, Maurice, okay? You're the same thing. Well, guess what? As I said before, and I'll say it again, how unless you have your boyfriend save you, Miz, on Sunday and somehow still stay IC champion, and you'll cry about it more and more, however, you're going to lose. So, as I said, Miz, and to some of the other people that are ridiculous in the WWE, including Elias, however, to quote Chris Jericho, please shut the hell up. So, all told, in wrapping this up, Howard, I'm going to wrap it up now. This was absolutely a terrible show, and it continues to be terrible more and more because, as John said many times over on his Facebook video, and he's said it in many times like me, however, the booking for this for these shows continue to be stale, and it's all because of one person, Kevin Bleepin' Dunn, who has no spine, no heart, and worst of all, no balls to change anything because he continues to piss everyone off by putting on clunky segments and clunky things, however, that fans don't want to see. So, yeah, this show was a piece of crap, to say the least. Wow. Oh, man. Give me a way, you know? Hmm. there. Thank you very much, RGD. Very very big time uh, uh, he, he did uh, rant here of course about last night's Monday Night Raw we do thank you very much John thank you very much here as well sir for providing the, your thoughts and opinions about last night's Raw as well <clears throat> let's take care of this here one more time one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. call ID one three eight zero five five pound this is episode 388 of the Mothership Broadcast WWS Revolution this is Tuesday, September 19th, 2017. I am once again Mr. WWS Chad Hinchell back on the line here with you. Of course, joined by two members me, of the Raw Radio Broadcast team, the Iceman J.D. Jerry Girolamo, who is a 2015-17 Hall of Famer, and also the Human Suplex Machine John Gross, who is, of course, the first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer. And also, of course, uh, we do have our friend Neil Patel on here as well. Uh, the last kicker, Henry Rickenbach, was on here earlier. I think she had to step away, so we do thank her for popping on in here tonight. Um, well, uh, let's see, what was I going to... Uh, let's see, I was going to mention something. Um, uh, when it comes to me, I'll, I'll I'll mention it. But right now, I just don't know what it is exactly. I was talking about. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm back. Okay, no problem. Uh, 
Uh, well, let's see what else, let's see what other uh, uh, um, mm, let's see here. Excuse me. Mm. Of course, one story that has been making rounds there, and of course, J.D., you mentioned it big time here on Raw Radio yesterday. Uh, um, as, and that is, of course, of course, I brought back uh, uh, and that's, of course, also uh, the fact that WWE is bringing back Starcade. Of course, it was talked about here uh, last and yesterday on Raw Radio. Of course, I actually got also first found out myself through WWE.com. So let's 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 uh, let's uh, let me read. Uh, of course, according to IWNerd.com. Of course, JD can say that word a little bit better. Yes, nerd. And, Thank you. <clears throat> that, of okay, course, yes, okay, and like I said, while, while JD does that, I'll go ahead and read what what this is. Uh, this was this was some interesting um, this was an interesting point of view here. Uh, news broke on Sunday that WWE was considering bringing back some old WCW themes for future events. We officially have our first one, which is WWE Starcade. The event takes place on Saturday, November 25th in Greensburg, of course, North Carolina, right there near my neck of the woods here, folks, and features a pretty awesome card. This includes a double steel cage match main event. One will feature Charlotte Flair taking on Natalia, while the other will feature Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. The news was first tweeted out by the Greensboro Coliseum itself in Greensboro. Here is the card from WWE's website according to what the matches are going to be. A WWE Championship steel cage match will pit Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. A SmackDown Women's title will also be contested inside the steel cage as Natalya will defend against Charlotte Flair. The U.S. title will be decided in a triple threat match with AJ Styles defending against Baron Corbin and Rusev. The SmackDown tag team titles will be contested under Texas Tornado rules when the New Day will take on the Usos. Other matches that are scheduled are as follows. Sami Zayn will take on Kevin Owens. Bobby Roode is, will be taking on Dolph Ziggler. And Brizongo is scheduled to take on the team of Aiden English and Mike Kanellis with Maria Kanellis in his corner. The Hardy Boys are also confirmed to appear at Starcade in, in their home state of North Carolina, as are WWE Hall of Famers and Starcade legends Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Rock and Roll Express. Now, right now, as of right now, WWE Starcade hasn't been announced as a network special. The, the event takes place on a Saturday and not a Sunday, so it, 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 it so it isn't an official pay-per-view. Well, of course, it will it will be kept informed. If the WWE, WWE turns it into a network special like they did for Beast Beast in the East, uh, I I personally do hope so. I would like to uh, 
Uh, JD, are you back on with us? John, what's your take on uh, what's your take on on uh, WWE bringing back possibly some older WCW themes and then starting out starting it out with Starcade, and of course putting Starcade where it all began, of course in Greensboro. John Stank was let it happen on the WWE Network. Yes, yeah, so I agree with that. I agree with that. JD, are you back on? JD. Okay, he hasn't he hasn't arrived here yet. Uh John, your take on the on the card, match card that they have scheduled for Starcade. Excellent there, John. Also, John saying Zane versus Owens should be good. Also, the two steel cage matches. Yes, indeed. Uh, J.D., have you returned, sir? Yeah, John, you're probably probably right. He's probably not. He's probably on the can. And John, you might find this kind of funny. It seems how he likes talking about football. He probably took the Browns to the Super Bowl. Oh no! My personal opinion, me. I'm glad to see a familiar name like Starcade. Of course, kind of interesting though, being uh, you know being under the WWE name. Of course, Uh, of course, last time we saw it was under the WCW name. Of course, they did a DVD talking about some of the greatest uh, Starcade moments, which actually filmed in Greensboro, by the way. But I think this card does this card does look good. Uh, JD, are you back? And ladies and gentlemen, we still continue to wait for the ice man, JD, Jared, Jerome. Uh, <clears throat> so of course, like I said before, uh they're saying um, uh, if they, they they haven't decided if they would turn 
this this addition of Starcade into a network special like they did when they did the thing in Japan called Beast in the East. My personal opinion, I mean, I would think that, and of course this is being on a Saturday night Sunday, of course it's not an official pay-per-view per se, but, but keep in mind, though, folks, as I've mentioned many, many times before, I mean, the WWE has not had, a, they've had several, They've had several, um, of course, always Raws and Smackdowns and live events in Greensboro for a long for a long time. But the one thing you guys also got to keep in mind here is that they have not had an official pay per view per se since, like I said, Survivor Series of two thousand and one, where of course, which was the night, which was the final time. That they did the the WWF versus the Alliance storyline, and well, that's when they failed to force Team WWF. <clears throat> but uh, but I'm glad to see a a, a a show of this magnitude, so with this name like this, um, you know, back uh, you know back in. Uh, Back, back in North Carolina, and, and I'm glad, of course, like I said, with the fact Starcade was started in Greensboro, of course, back in, about 30-some years ago. And so it's it's great to see that. J.D., are you back with us? J.D. Uh, J.D., have you back on with us, sir? Yeah, I'm back. You back? Okay, good. Uh, <clears throat> there was, there was what, what we were talking about, of course, is the story that you brought, that, that uh, you brought to us on Raw Radio here yesterday. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, I did see it during via WWE.com, of course, that they were bringing back Starcade here on Thanksgiving weekend, of course, and, of course, in this, in the, in the city where it originated, of course, Greensboro, North Carolina. I did read. Also, I'm gonna get your I'm gonna get your take on this here in a minute, but I want to mention that that WWE has been hinting around the possibility 
uh, bringing, bringing back old WCW pay-per-view themes for some of their shows. And this right here was considered to be the first one. Uh, just your take about uh, uh, them bringing back the, the name Starcade and, of course, uh, of course, bringing it back in, of course, where it all started and all that, and the match card that was announced, of course, for this, this version of Starcade. Your take on, all, on all that? Well, I mean, it's going to be fun. I mean, especially on Thanksgiving weekend at a place like Greensboro. I mean, that's the place to start, Caden. I mean, hopefully they'll have uh, a nice turnout and uh, be able to bring some of the legends back, however, for like a Q&A or something like that. However, I mean, it should be a good weekend for the people for Thanksgiving break and enjoy themselves, however, and uh, fun for the whole family. Exactly, indeed. And they're also saying... They're also saying that with... In fact, this is on a Saturday, not a Sunday. It's not considered a pay-per-view. Uh-huh. Right now, at this point, they're saying it's not even considered right now a network special. But yeah. they're, they're 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 hinting that that, that I mean, you know, we, we threw out here so they could consider making it that like they did the deal with the thing in Japan last year, the Beast in the East. Uh, so I, mean, I hope so. But I mean, I'm sure. A lot of people are not going to get to go to Greensboro and all, and I'm sure that would be wonderful to see on the network. So I do look forward to seeing it. And like I said, well, I'm still trying to work on trying to get tickets to go see that. I won't mind seeing that up close myself. Um, JD, um, I don't know if you did get in any results from the raw ratings or not, but I actually haven't. I. Uh... I don't think I am gonna. I'm gonna pull this up here. Hold on a second. Ow. Well, go to go to iwnerd.com. That's where I found them. Yeah, I did see how that uh, it averaged 2.833 million viewers this week. So yeah. it was down from 2.903. The first hour did 3.123 million viewers. Hour two did 2.844. The final hour 2.532. So. There you go. Let's see here. Well, uh, let's see here. Uh, I kind of passed the time here. Um, they haven't updated any more uh, WWE quizzes on iwnerd.com. So if anyone wants to do like one of the one, one of the one of the ones that they do have available, I will definitely, uh, like I said, pull one up here. Of course, the choices we've got: Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Bailey, Randy Orton, John Cena, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Finn Balor. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. Uh, JD, any one of those count to your fancy? JD. JD. And I did notice that Neil Patel has left the uh, 
the chat box here for the evening. So, Neil, thank you very much for coming on, sir. Um, and I think JD had to step away again, so he should be right back here in just a few moments. In the meantime, let's go ahead and take care of this one more time while we wait to hear while, while we wait to hear an answer on that. Uh, 1724-444-7444, call ID 138055-POUND. This is episode 388 uh, of WWS Revolution, the Mothership Broadcast. Of course, this is Tuesday, September 19th, 2017. Mr. WWS, Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you. Of course, alongside the Iceman, J.D. Jerry Girolamo, and the human suplex machine, John Gross. Of course, two-thirds of the broadcast team that brings you WWS Raw Radio, every Monday afternoon right here on Talk Show. Of course, J.D. is a 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer. Fred of course, is the first 2016 Hall of Famer. I also want to thank uh, Anil Patel and also the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, for also joining us uh, on here um, on our on here a little bit earlier on. Uh, J.D., are you back with us? Paging J.D.? Sorry about that. I'm back again. Okay. What I was saying, J.D., is that I know we've probably done all these quizzes on IWNerd.com, but I figured that maybe the past time we could probably redo one of them. All right. Uh, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Bailey, Randy Orton, John Cena, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. I'm going to try, try Becky Lynch. You want to do the Becky Lynch one, Okay. Okay, so JD and John, uh, we're going to have a, we're going to once again bring back the quiz courtesy of IWNerd.com on the last speaker herself, Becky Lynch. All right, here we go. Here, question number one here, fellas. In what year was Becky Lynch born? 85, 86, 87, or 88? J.D.? 86. John? J.D., you said 86. Mm-hmm. John said that as well. The answer is, actually, it was 87. He was born January 30th, 1987. Question number two, true or false here, guys? Becky Lynch won the NXT Women's Belt. True or false? J.D.? True. True. And John? And John says false. The answer is... John's right, it's false. Becky never won that belt, that, that, that title. Question number three. Becky Lynch became the inaugural SmackDown Women's Champion at Backlash last year. Who did she submit for the victory? 
Was it Natalia, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, or Naomi? JD. I'm going to say, what a twist again, sorry. Who came the inaugural SmackDown Women's Champion at Backlash last year? Who did she submit for the victory? <sighs> I'm going to say, you said the choices are Tamina, Carmella, and what are the other two again? Natalia, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, or Alexa. Naomi? You're saying it was Alexa, okay? John, John said Carmella. The answer is, John got it again. It's Carmella. You're cheating, John. The six-pack elimination challenge came down to Becky and Carmella. Becky made it, made her tap for the victory. All right. Question number four. What round was Becky drafted to stand down in the 2016 WWE draft? First, second, third, or fourth? JD. Third. Third. And John? John also says third. And the answer is, yeah, it was the third round. Becky was drafted 14th overall to SmackDown. She was the third woman selected behind Charlotte and Sasha Banks. She was the first woman selected by SmackDown. Question number five. Becky made her in-ring debut on the WWE main roster alongside Paige in a tag team match. Who did they lose to? Was it Sasha Banks and Naomi, Naomi and Tamina, the Bella Twins, or Brie Bella and Alicia Fox? J.D. I'm going to say Sasha and Tamina. Well, Sasha and Naomi or Naomi and Tamina. Sorry, Naomi and Tamina. You say Naomi and Tamina. Yep. And John says, no, John, Sasha and Naomi or Naomi and Tamina. John says Naomi and Sasha, and the answer is he got it again. Sasha Banks and Naomi. Becky and Paige lost to the, to the team bad members on Raw. Paige was submitted by Sasha. Number six. Which of these jobs did Becky Lynch have prior to her time in WWE? Was it a scuba instructor, a flight attendant, a dental assistant, or a factory worker? J.D.? Uh, I'm going to say, I know this for a fact, how it was dental assistant. You're saying like, you say the dental assistant? Yes. Okay. And John? John says the factory worker. Well, the answer is, well... Guys, we were not both of y'all wrong. It was actually a flight attendant. That's right, Aer Lingus. I should have known that. Be- Becky worked for Aer Lingus for a few years. On the Talk is Jericho podcast, she revealed that her mom, who also worked as a flight attendant, got her that job. Question number seven. Becky made her televised NXT debut on June 26, 2014. 
who did she defeat? Summer Rae, Emma, Sasha, or Charlotte? J.D. I'm going to say Charlotte. Say Charlotte. John? John also says Charlotte. The answer is... Actually, it was Summer Rae. Becky defeated Summer in her televised NXT debut. You can learn something new every day here. Question number eight. Becky Lynch, excuse me. There you go. Becky Lynch did some stunt work for a TV show in 2013. What show was was it? Game of Thrones, Vikings, The Walking Dead, or Sons of Anarchy? JD. I'm gonna say Vikings. I'm say Vikings. Okay, John. John, the question was, Becky Lynch did some stunt work for a TV show in 2013. Which show was it? Was it Game of Thrones, Vikings, The Walking Dead, or Sons of Anarchy? I said Game of Thrones. Cody's already said Vikings. John says Game of Thrones, and the answer is, J.D. got it right. It was Vikings. 2013 that, was was also the year. that was just a guess on that one, because I did not know that one. 2013, of course, was also the year that she signed with WWE. Question number nine. What famous song did Becky Lynch use as her theme music on the independent scene? Was it You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer, <laughs> Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, Bust a Move by Young MC, or It's Tricky by Run DMC? J.D. If I remember this correctly, I think it was it's tricky and it should be the other song are Be With Me. Not with your uh, current boyfriend, Becky, because I'm the one who has mad love for you. So you're saying It's Tricky by Run DMC? Yep. And John says Ice Ice Baby. And the answer is... Ooh, both of uh, no, y'all didn't get, it, get this one either. It was actually You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. Becky used this song on the independent scene. <clears throat> and final question here, guys. What what WWE star did Becky Lynch manage before she was in WWE? Was it Natalia, Emma, Mickey James, or Paige, J.D.? Paige. Paige. And John? John also says Paige. The answer is, yeah, it was Paige. Becky managed the mother-daughter tag team of Soraya and Brittany, or other known as Paige Knight, in Shimmer. I did not know that either. Well, I'll tell you what, from this stack here, we got time here. What we can do, we can do one more here. And I'll run down the list that I have available right here, guys. All right, I'll let John pick this time. I'll be right back. Okay, J.D. All right, John, pick from the following right here. Roman, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, 
Dean Ambrose, Sasha Banks, AJ Styles, or The Undertaker? You want to do one on The Undertaker, okay? Okay, and we'll wait for JD to return. And while we do so, I'll go ahead and remind everybody one more time, of course, a little programming note. Uh, keep in mind that, um, that of course, our triple threat wins well, we have an update. We now have an update on the earthquake. Uh, now it's being reported, however, that apparently, as of now, uh, Luis Felipe Puente, P-U-E-N-T-E, head of the National Civic Defense Agency, has reported, however, hours after the magnitude 7.1 quake in which billions fell at least 45 four placed in the capital alone as high rises across the city swayed sickeningly. Uh, the death toll has been raised now up to 149. Oh. His tweet well, said 55 people died in Morlo State, just south of Mexico City, 49 in the capital, and 32 in nearby Puebla State, while the quake was centered. 10 people died in the state of Mexico, which surrounds Mexico City on three sides, and three were killed in Guerrero State. Oh, well, I'll call some prayers in the radio network to go out to the folks down there in Mexico over this. Of course, uh, of course, we're having to deal with hurricanes here in the states. Mexico is dealing with, with I mean, with hurt, yeah, with hurricanes in the United States, and, and Mexico is dealing with an earthquake. So, and then of course, like you mentioned, yeah, with the people in the Caribbean, however, like uh, Maria and uh, Jose, definitely packing a powerful punch. However, in fact, however, it says uh, right now I'm trying to find it right now here. Uh, could like I said, uh, residents of Category 5 as of Monday night, as of 8 p.m., I believe this was tonight, however, or maybe it was last night, I'm not sure, it says, it says Maria could bring life-threatening flooding and mudslides as well as 6 to foot 9 storm surge as of 8 p.m., however, mind you. Uh, the maximum wind sustained had increased to 175 miles per hour. It was located 60 miles southeast of St. Croix and 160 miles southeast of San Juan. By last night, though, gusts of 63 miles per hour, tonight, however, gusts of 63 miles per hour have been reported in the eastern part of St. Croix and the Virgin Islands as the storm moved west-northwest to 10 miles per hour. Yeah, man. Well, Devin be watching and, and watching and listening on, on this, and J.D. and sure keeping a close eye on everything here. And, of course, we'll talk more about that, of course, tomorrow night, of course, during Outside the Ropes and also all of our shows here in the radio network here tomorrow evening. Of course, a quick programming note, Outside the Ropes, 141-387-POUND tomorrow night from 6.30 until 7.30. WWS Wrestling Debate from 8 to 9. Um, tomorrow night, also, of course, call ID 141, I'm sorry, 139-925-POUND. And, of course, uh, WWS Revolution, Wednesday edition, uh, 138055-POUND with our live video feed from Revolution tomorrow night coming from Lucha US under Ultimate Underground. Uh, JD, John has chosen to do a quiz on The Undertaker. All right, I'll give it a shot. Okay. And speaking of The Undertaker, there is some rumors going around that he might be showing up this weekend, maybe, we understand, at uh, No Mercy in LA. And uh, I mentioned it a while back, however, I think there's some early discussion now, maybe. We can't confirm it, though, but there has been some talk that maybe it could be John Cena and the Phenom, possibly, maybe, at Survivor Series. 
Oh, okay. Well, we'll definitely be listening. We'll definitely be uh, looking in on listening on that there as well. Thank you very much again, there, JD. Let's see here. Of course, ten questions here. Of course, good luck to both JD and John on, of course, the legendary dead man himself, the Undertaker. Okay, question number one: Who was not a victim of the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak? Was it the Big Show, A Train, Razor Ramon, or Jimmy Snuka? JD. I'm going to say the Big Show. Was not a victim of the WrestleMania yes. streak. I will say Big Show. Okay, John. Give John this minute. Uh, we almost lost him, but he got back home. Sometimes that does happen. So. And while John's checking that, just to give you one little bit of hockey news tonight, the defending champion, the Pittsburgh Penguins, however, lost in overtime 4-3 to in their first preseason game tonight. Thank you, thank you much again there, J.D., for that quick sports update. Uh, John, did you get the question? Point on, you should be a genius at the Undertaker's quiz. Well, it said here he left the chat and then he got back on, so I wonder if he had, he had a chance to hear the question. Yeah, okay. I'll repeat the question, John. The, question, the first question is, who was not the victim of the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak? Your choices are the Big Show, A-Train, Razor Ramon, or Jimmy Snuka. And John said, I mean, J.D. says the Big Show was not a victim. John also said Big Show as well. And the answer is, it was actually Razor Ramon. Hmm. Never faced Undertaker at WrestleMania. The Big Show and A-Train both lost in a handicap match against Undertaker at WrestleMania 19. And Jimmy Stuka was the very first victim, of course, at WrestleMania 7. Question number two. Who did the Undertaker win his first world title in WWE from? Was it Psycho Sid, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, or Shawn Michaels? J.D. I'm going to say, however, it was the the Hulkster. Dan Hogan and John. And John, once again, talking about this last question, he says, that Taker, Taker versus Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 9 would have been okay if it wasn't going to be Undertaker taking on Giant Gonzalez. Of course, Razor, I think, did actually wrestle uh, Bob Backlund at WrestleMania 9. Yeah, I'm that saying. was Backlund's only WrestleMania appearance, though, and I think that was uh, uh, Scott Hall's uh, WrestleMania debut, too. Uh, that's right. That's right. Because he was on the John- Master Blasters at the time. Oh, that's right. Okay. And John also says Hogan as well. And the answer is, yeah, it was Hulk Hogan. The Undertaker defeated Hogan at Survivor Series in 1991 to win his first world title in WWE. Yes, that's right. Question number three. What year did The Undertaker win his first and only Royal Rumble match? Was it 07, 05, 08, or 2010? J.D.? What, what was the question? Sorry. 
What year did The Undertaker win his first and only Royal Rumble match? 07, 05, 08, or 10? I'm going to say 10, huh? Then 2010, John. John also said 2010, and the answer is back to 2007. Aaron Tigger won by last eliminating Shawn Michaels. Question number four. What title has The Undertaker not won in WWE? Is it the Hardcore title, WCW Tag title, the Intercontinental title, or the World Heavyweight title, J.D.? I'm going to say the IC title. The IC title and John. John also said the IC belt, and the answer is, that's right, yeah. Surprisingly, the dead man has never won the IC title belt, He also, but he has won the hardcore title, WCW tag team titles, and also the world heavyweight title as well. Question number five. Who was The Undertaker's first manager in WWE? Was it Paul Bearer, Ken DiBiase, Brother Love, or Virgil, J.D.? DiBiase. And Diviasi, John. John says Brother Love. The answer is Brother Love. Undertaker made his debut at Survivor Series 1990 alongside Brother Love. He eventually switched to Paul Bearer in 1991. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Question, excuse me. Question number six. What is the Undertaker's only five-star match, according to Dave Meltzer? Was it the Undertaker versus HBK at Bad Blood in '97, versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25, versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 26, or versus Mankind at King of the Ring in 1998? JD. I'm gonna say. Versus Sean at Mania 26. Sean at WrestleMania 26. John. John says Undertaker versus Sean at 25. The answer is... Actually, it was the one between him and Shawn Michaels at Bad Blood. This was the Undertaker's only five-star match according to Meltzer. Both WrestleMania 25 and 26 matches received a 4.75 rating. While the, while the match at King of the Ring between him and Mankind was rated a 4.5. That should have been a little bit higher than that. Yeah, those two, I mean, I mean, I almost went to that show, too. Yes, indeed. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Question number seven. How many Hell in a Cell matches has The Undertaker competed in? 13, 12, 9... Or 14, J.D.? I'm going to say 10. It was 13, 12, 9, or 14? Oh, I'm going to say 9. Say 9. 
John. John says 13, and the answer is, it's actually 14. There's no question that the Hell in the Cell match is Undertaker's yard. He's competed 14 times, and he has won eight of those 14 appearances in the cell. Sorry, what was the answer now? It was 14. Wow, 14. I would have guessed. I didn't think he that. Compete, he competed in 14, but he won 8 of the 14. That's a good percentage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Question number 8. Which WWE star has lost three times to The Undertaker at WrestleMania? Is it Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Kane, or Edge? J.D. Connor. You don't say Triple H. John. Yes. John also says Triple H. The answer is, yeah, it was Triple H. Undertaker defeated Triple H three times at WrestleMania. Of course, numbers 17, 27, and 28. Question number nine. Who was not a teammate of The Undertaker during his debut match at Survivor Series 1990? Was it, was it Ted DiBiase, The Honky Tonk Man, Bray Valentine, or Bret Hart? was not a teammate of The Undertaker during his debut at Survivor Series 1990. J.D. I'm going to say the hammer. You're going to say Greg Valentine was not a teammate of The Undertaker. Yeah. Okay. And John says Bret Hart. And the answer is, it was actually Bret Hart. Undertaker teamed up with DiBiase, Honky Tonk Man, and Greg Valentine to defeat Bret Hart Jim Neidhart, Coco Beware, and If You Meal, Let's Rose. And I think this is, I think we've talked about this, this was not here after we heard this question, this last question. I think you did this might kind of jog your memory a little bit. Right. What is The Undertaker afraid of in real life? <laughs> cucumbers. You say cucumbers. <laughs> yeah. I, there was a story about it on IWNerd.com on how that went. I think that was on the Yeah, I thought we read about that, yeah. And John also said that too, and the answer is yeah, it was cucumbers. In various shoot interviews, former WWE stars have spoken about the Undertaker's fear of cucumbers. So great, great, uh, great uh, talk about that here, guys. Um, and uh, we'll have to, we'll have to, I'll tell you what, we'll have to find that. Uh, let's see if we, let's see if we can find something here. Uh, well, let's see here. It may be, of course, in the, uh, well, I'm not going to. Well, one more quick thing before we call it a night here. Talking about the Undertaker, ten legendary Undertaker stories about his life outside the ring. Um, I'm just going to, like I said, just uh, 
Um, well, I'll read. I'll read a couple of them here, and we can all just take it. We can all just picture everything here. Well, first one here is the Undertaker loves strip clubs, well, and also about alcohol. He, he, the Undertaker loves strip clubs. Oh, jeez. And also got alcohol poisoning while partying with Jake the Snake Roberts. Now that I believe. I can believe that. Jake the Snake Roberts has had his fair share of demons in his life. He was known to be a heavy drinker and user of drugs in his prime. In an interview with Busted Open, he told the story about when the Undertaker got alcohol poisoning while partying with him. Here is what he said. This is, I think, Jake saying this. He comes to me. He says... Hey, I hear you know where you know where all the good strip joints are at. And I'm like, in the world, yes, I know them all. And he's like, well, I'll travel with you. And I said, oh boy, why don't you go back to playing basketball because you're not going to be able to hang with me? And I said, I'll kill you. And Jake, Jake says this. He continues. And a few weeks later, I believe he was in pretty bad shape. Something about alcohol poisoning. Yeah, it was a chemical world, and I was cheating, man. He didn't know it. I wasn't going to tell him. He rolled with me for quite a while. This came from Busted Open, by the way. Undertaker also loves strip clubs, as, of course, like he says, as as we say here in the first line from Jake. Uh, JD, your take on Undertaker being a fan of strip clubs? Well, I mean, Michelle McCool, however, might want to keep an eye on him, however, make sure he doesn't uh, run out, however, in the middle of the night, however, whatever, however. And of course, and of course, and, and of course, she will say. Uh, she'll tell him to rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to hear something pretty funny? Talking about I'm reading something on IWNerd.com. Apparently, recently, Rusev and Lana were guests on an episode of Talk is Jericho, and they said that Dusty Rhodes, however, when he first saw Rusev, he wanted uh, Rusev to become a genie, like Aladdin, and uh, Lana would have been like Jasmine. Huh. Believe it or not. Yeah. Pretty okay. crazy. That is, that, that is interesting. That is, that is very interesting. Question, the second legendary Undertaker story about his life outside the ring, he once choked out Kurt Angle on a plane. I remember hearing this one. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I forget how the story went, but I did hear something about this. Okay, let me go and read this for you. Kurt Angle in his book talks about the Undertaker choking him out on a plane. Vince McMahon and Angle were play fighting on a, play, on a plane ride. Saying they could take each other down. The Ruckers woke up the Undertaker, who choked out Angle to defend his boss. Here is an excerpt from the book. The quintessential alpha male, Vincent Mann, always had to prove himself, even against Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. On a plane ride, Vince decided to sneak up behind Angle and take him down amateur style, started an impromptu match in the aisle. Angle continued. The Ruckers woke a sleeping Undertaker, who, seeing his boss about to be put in his place, sprang into action and took out Angle before he knew what hit him. That's company loyalty. Uh, hmm. now that's, that is a guy you want working for you. Uh, J.D., your take here on almost choking out Kurt Angle. That's crazy, however. I mean, that is pretty funny, but also pretty pretty wild when you think about it. We know about Kurt Angle's background with the broken neck and all his uh, accolades to high school because, of course, he is from Pittsburgh, my hometown, Mount Lebanon, the South Hills. Clarion University, where there's a pretty good wrestler there. I mean, that's pretty crazy, but like I said, that is loyalty, but that is just crazy when you think about it, though. Certainly. Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you, that was, uh, 
That's when you get out one description of the man was also, of course, you got to excuse the fact that says here the man was asleep uh, and this woke him up. So, I mean, you know they had to be kind of ticked off about that, too. So, uh, Number three, the undertaker was the judge of wrestler's court. Let me explain. Besides backstage issues in the WWE, there was a thing called wrestler's court. If you did something to disrespect your wrestling business or did something stupid, the boys backstage would take you to court. On an episode of Talk is Jericho, former WWE head writer Brian Gerwitz, Gerwitz, there's no R in it, but okay, spoke about the Undertaker being the judge when he had to go to wrestler's court. Jericho said this. I don't know if, if he was if 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 he was for your for your one, but and but Undertaker was always the judge. If you were saying this, you would have to pay him with alcohol. Gerwitz has the following. Yes, he was. He was there too. This was just to appease the court. So I found a six pack and a single box of pizza. Gerwitz ended up being found guilty backstage, and the Undertaker delivered his justice. Obviously, Taker's the man. Obviously, so he had me write an essay on why I respect the business, which I legitimately wrote and handed in. He read it, and it was a surreal experience. Had to respect the old-school mentality of the dead man. What do you think about this, J.D.? It seems like he's the judge, the jury, and the executioner all rolled up into one. Oh, yes. You don't want to mess, you don't want to mess with a man like that. He's exactly right. As we go to number four, Believe it or not, the Undertaker loves to golf. That I do know, yes. Digging holes in one. <laughs> okay. In an out-of-character interview with the Houston Chronicle from 2013, the Undertaker admitted that he was a big fan of golf. Here's what the Undertaker said. I spend a lot of time with my family and my children. I also work on my horrible golf game. I love golf, but I'm awful. For, for some reason... I go out there and make myself miserable because I'm so bad at it. And there was a picture on IWNerd.com of him at a recent golf event. Uh, this was posted uh, from, uh, from July 17th of last year uh, on Twitter from just an ACC guy. I don't know who that is. I want to golf with The Undertaker. Talk about it. What was the guy's name? Huh? A, you said ACC, or what was it again? Sorry. Just, just an ACC guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Talk about a dream golfing partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Undertaker's love for golf, KD. Uh, I'm surprised about that. I did hear something about where he did some stuff. However, it was pretty funny. However, I think one time I think someone tried to trick him on the golf course, tower and he didn't know it was coming. So it was pretty funny. you got to admit, though. I mean, he does. I mean, he can't. If he can't golf, I mean, if he can't golf. I mean, go figure. You know. Thurman. Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. But like I Number said, five. I, mean, I mean, I think it'd be funny just to see him on a golf course. I mean, depending on if he has, if he's like, like real professional, how or if he's uh, uh, what was it? Um, like uh, sort of like uh, Ted Knight in uh, Caddyshack, though. However, with the outfit he wore. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Here's, okay. The Undertaker had his own version of the click. It's number five. He called it the BSK. 
The Undertaker had his own version of the clique, of course, a backstage faction of friends. His group of friends was called Bone Street Crew, spelled with a K, of course, also known as the BSK. Here's some details from a recent WWE.com article. One of, one of the members was Henry O. Godwin, believe it or not. It stood for the Bone and Henry says this, it stood for the Bone Street Crew. Myself, The Undertaker, Yokozuna, Rikishi, Savia Vega, Brian Adams, Paul Bearer, and Papa Shango, <clears throat> of course, also known as the Godfather. Then Median came up a year later, and he joined as well. The Godfather says this, we were a bunch of guys that hung out together, rode together, listened to the same type of music, and did the same things at night. And we played dominoes. The Godwins then played dominoes. Savia played. But the ones that definitely played were me, Rikishi, Yoko, and The Undertaker. And there is a picture uh, that came uh, last March from uh, a Twitter account, Snowboy. But yeah, there's 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 the uh, there's there's the there's there's the picture right there. Uh, like I said before, um, uh, Undertaker, Henry O. Godwin, uh, Salvia Vega, of course, Yokozuna. Um, what did we say? Uh, who got, uh, the, uh, the God, the Godfather, and also, uh, that's that's awesome right there. Um, what do you think about about this 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 uh, this uh, this version of the clique that the Undertaker formed? Well, I mean, the Undertaker, I mean, has, I mean, I'm sure, has, a, I mean, does a lot of things outside of the company that he keeps to himself. I mean, he's pretty much of a mellow, down-to-earth person, it seems like. However, at the same time, however, if he wants to have a little fun, however, some of the boys by pulling pranks on them or just being the uh, serious uh, guy in the locker room, however, and take everything seriously, so be it. But uh, he's also known to be a real... Uh, hands-on guy outside of the ring. I mean, I know he's done some autograph things with, the, I think he's done a few with uh, some of the children's hospitals around uh, the world for that. I, mean, I think he's done some uh, autograph sessions for children's hospitals and other things, however, in charity. But uh, he also does things, however, that he keeps himself, like bikes and, har- like I said, Harleys, of course, golf, like you mentioned, and playing other sorts of games, dominoes and that. And I know uh, there's been some talk that uh, – he uh, is known to be a pretty good car player. I think he plays poker or something. He used to play poker, I think it was, or uh, blackjack or something like that. But uh, he keeps himself and whatever he wants to do. I mean, no one's going to judge him on it. And he just enjoys what he wants to do in his spare time. Absolutely, indeed. Uh, of course, like I said, uh, no one's going, no one's going to tell that man, you know, that what he can and cannot do, of course. And, exactly. Uh, exactly, but uh, that was a, a very interesting moment there, of course. And we're going to leave. Well, we're going to stop right there, here, folks. Here, uh, and we've got five more. We're going to we're going to read. Uh, of course, uh, there's some more interesting moments here about what Undertaker is, what his life is outside of the ring. Uh, we'll definitely do some more talking about this, of course, with time allotted uh, <clears throat> uh, tomorrow night, of course, on the Wednesday edition of Revolution. Excuse me, JT. Anything else you wish to add, sir? Before we call it an evening. No, but like we said, however, I think what we said earlier, what's been going on, however, I think this is not said, however, like we said, however, of what's been going on, however, we just want to say, uh, like I said earlier, what's been going on throughout the world, how it's been crazy to say. So, 
refers to all the people we've mentioned before in Mexico and certainly in the Caribbean. Absolutely. And we continue to say, give our thoughts and prayers out to those folks here tonight and hopes for a, for, or like I said, a very, for, of course, uh, as J.D. mentioned, of course, a lot of folks have already lost their lives, sadly. And we continue to still pray for those who, of course, um, in addition to what happening, the earthquake in Mexico, also we continue to say a prayer for all and, and uh, keep them in our thoughts, of course, the folks affected by all the hurricanes, of course, starting back with Hurricane Harvey and, of course, Irma. And now, of course, we may have two more that maybe, of course, back in that area, the same area that Irma came through here not too long, not too long ago. And uh, we'll definitely be, like I say, keeping our watch on that and keeping our thoughts and prayers with those people and all that. And see where see where it goes from there. On that note, here, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank the Iceman, JD Jared Geralmo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, uh, Neil Patel, and also the last kicker, Anne Marie Rickenbach, for joining us here tonight for, of course, episode 388 of Revolution. As we said before, 12 episodes away, folks, from hitting the big 400, which will be coming up here really, really soon. Uh, be sure, like I said, to join us tomorrow night. We're outside the ropes, wrestling debate, and also the, and also the Wednesday edition of this broadcast of the WS Revolution. Uh, <clears throat> outside the ropes, one four one three eight seven pound, wrestling debate one three nine nine two five pound, and of course Revolution as always one three eight zero five five pound. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinchall saying thank you so much for joining in here tonight for uh, the Tuesday edition of Revolution, like I said, episode three eighty eight, and also for our live video feed coming from. Uh, also, Hardy Boys fans, as well, which you can catch the video at Facebook, at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hardy Boys Forever. And just coming on here, from this, this, just coming on the line here, just coming on the chat box here, uh, we do have a guest five on here uh, saying that he is Cornholio. Hmm. Well, Mr. Cornholio, this is, uh, uh, welcome to the 388 of Revolution. Of course, I am Mr. WWS Dan Hinshaw, and also I have the Iceman here, DJ Romo. Uh We did have some other guests before, but they have already since left. And he said, and of course, Mr. Cornholio said, thank you. He asked, do you have any TP for his bunk hole? <laughs> Uh, no, we, 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 we don't tonight there, but, but, uh, we'll probably have some, we'll probably have it here tomorrow, but we'll, but thank you for popping on here. And then he says, don't, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, <clears throat> but on that note here, folks, uh, WCWS, WCWS Revolution, is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com, where we're two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Uh, thank you very much for joining us here tonight here, folks. We'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Of course, like I said, outside the ropes, wrestling debate, and the Wednesday edition of Revolution. So take care of yourselves and each other. <clears throat> See you in the ring. And as always here in the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. Good night, everyone. God, and God bless. And take care.